Hello and welcome back to another episode of the DFS Today podcast and The Advantage. I am your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Thursday, December 8th, which means today's episode is a full slate breakdown getting ready for the Week 14 NFL main slate for DFS. I am joined like we normally do. We took a few Thursdays off because this man just moved down south to Florida. He is now a Miami Dolphin, a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, a Jacksonville Jaguar. Willie, yeah, where in Florida are you, and uh, how was the move? I'm in Palm Beach Gardens. The move is great. The weather's beautiful, um, and I'm ready to talk football. Let's get after it. Me and you both made similar moves out of New York recently to nicer, warmer weather. I am in San Diego now, and it is a beautiful thing to be. Nowhere near the Giants or the Jets, even though maybe our departures reasons for them succeeding this year. Yeah, I mean, come on. Jets over Bills this week. Two times in a row, baby. Jets over Bills this week. Jets over Bills plus nine and a half. Let's ride. All right, well, let's start right there. Let's start with some um, week 14 best bets and stuff. Um, I, I want to start out with just a quick um, announcement to the listeners. To the listeners of the DFS Today pod, I am reducing my podcasting amount to twice a week for DFS reasons in exchange for increasing my betting on NBA and other areas just so that I can focus on more sports so that I could get out more content. I'm going to be reducing my DFS content and still be doing a ton of NBA and NFL betting. Today, I posted on my Twitter, this is a great reason to go follow me on Twitter, I posted two NBA bets. They are to take the Heat minus four and a half tonight home against the Clippers. Clippers are on a second night of a back-to-back. I expect Kawhi Leonard to be announced as out pretty soon. And the second one was Malcolm Brogdon to win sixth man of the year. So make sure if you are an NBA fan, if you like NBA betting, to go follow me on Twitter at mfiddle14. But for the purposes of this podcast, Willie, We will be doing full slate breakdowns on Thursday, so spend ups and value options, both the whole works. I know we've already talked about this. And as it relates to NFL betting, I will be tweeting out all of my bets on Sunday, on Monday morning, so make sure you are following me there. I've already tweeted out four or five plays for this week, and the lines have moved drastically, so it's pretty hard for me to recommend those bets right now on a podcast. So what me and Willie are going to do is talk about the best bets still available on the board for Week 14 and what's currently available. Probably a little bit of a quicker discussion through the betting component of it this week because I actually think the lines are pretty freaking sharp and it's kind of hard to get some spots. Um, Normally I have about 8 to 10 bets. This week is going to be about 3 to 5. So we will discuss those. But Willie, were you serious about this Jets not plus 9.5? How are you reading this situation? This line opened at 9.5. It's been at 9.5 the whole time, even though we have 62% of the bets on New York and 55% of the money on Buffalo. The, the line's not moving because the public is very – and the sharps are very split. There's very even money being distributed. What is your read on this game? I'm not going to take the line, um, but – Mike White has just simply been better than Zach Wilson, and they beat the Bills with Zach Wilson somehow. Um, and the Jets' defense, in my opinion, is elite. It is a top-tier defense, and for that reason, I think they can slow down Josh Allen. I also do believe with Von Miller being out and a bunch of injuries on the defensive side, the Jets can make this a game. Um, and so 
I'm not against taking Jets plus nine and a half. I'm also not horribly against taking the Jets money line from just a value standpoint. Yeah. Um, and that's where I stand with that game for the most part. So the the total in that game opened at 44 and a half. It's now been bet down to 43 and a half. We know 44 is one of the key numbers for NFL totals. So that is a significant move towards the under. We talk about this a lot on the show. When a game is sharp towards the under, it has a total sitting in the low 40s, and it has a point spread above a touchdown. These There are correlated values between saying, if the game is going to be scoring less points, like the, like the over is being bet down, and we're expecting a spread of 9.5 points, it is hard to cover as many points as 9.5. Every point is more valuable when there's less total scoring. So the idea to take the plus 9.5, I like. Uh, the idea to lay a little juice on the money line, I think, is interesting. Uh, the under is definitely the right bet and side for this game because that Jets defense is a vaulted unit. Um, lock them down. And, uh, yeah, so I think, I think that's definitely the right position for that game. Willie, is there any other games that you wanted to discuss? I have a question for you for the Steelers-Ravens uh, game, but is there any other games that you think we need to discuss this week? Yeah, I thought, I thought for my best bet of the week, I'm going to tease the Eagles down um, from 6.5 to plus 0.5. Um, and I'm going to tease the Bengals down, which the original spread was also minus six and a half. I just think that the Eagles have too much firepower um, for the Giants to win the game outright. I think there's a world where the game is close, but I just think at the end of the day, the Eagles are the way better team, and they're going to come out with the W. And then in terms of the Bengals, Joe Burrow's just like on top of his game right now. He's playing at a peak performance, in my opinion, and I don't know if – you guys watched the Cleveland game, but Deshaun Watson looked horrible. I mean, he, he just didn't look great. I'm not saying that I've lost faith in him, um, but he's definitely going to need some games under his belt, and he's playing against the Bengals who just beat the Chiefs in a very competitive game. Jamar Chase is back. Joe Mixon's healthy. He's playing. Um, and for those reasons, I like Cincinnati and Eagles to win. I... Uh... Agree heavily. I think I'm going to follow you on that teaser leg. We'd be teasing the Eagles and the Browns. They're both six and a half point favorites. So you're putting in a six point teaser leg. You're bringing them both down to a minus 0.5. Right now on um, FanDuel, the Bengals line has moved from four and a half to six and a half. And the so there's clear money on the Bengals side. Bengals minus 4.5 is one of the bets that I have standalone value on that I bet on Sunday or Monday and tweeted out. Um, obviously, two points of line movement, hard to follow that ticket now. So I really like the teaser option. And same thing with Philadelphia. This line opened at 6.5. It stayed at 6.5, but betting the Eagles side is minus 120. So you're paying more juice to make the same bet. So, again, money on the Eagles side, money on the Bengals side. We're seeing both of those trends, teasing them down through key numbers. You're getting it through the six, the four, the three. You're getting it to minus half a point. You're paying, you know, minus 115 or minus 120 juice on the bet, and that obviously has very plus EV, plus expected value in the numbers. So, Willie, I like that one a lot. Um, my question for you is this Steelers – Ravens game. I got the Steelers last week when it was a Steelers plus four. So I tweeted this out before week 13 started. I said the one look ahead line to jump on for week 14 is Steelers plus four. Now, Lamar Jackson 
goes down and gets injured. And now this line has flipped dramatically so that the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are two-and-a-half-point favorites. So I have a middle opportunity where I could jump in on the Ravens plus two-and-a-half, try and get a Ravens plus three. Would you be letting a Steelers plus four ticket ride, or would you be hedging against it with some Ravens money? How do you think the Lamar injury affects the Ravens' chance to actually win? I honestly would probably hedge it with um, Baltimore just because I actually like Tyler Huntley. I, last week he was he attempted 32 passes, completed 27, threw for 187 yards. He played Denver, so obviously it was a low-scoring game. No quarterback's really done that well against Denver. He also rushes a lot, and so I think he can pose some problems for Steelers. And I worry that people are overlooking the fact that because Lamar's out, the Ravens are going to seriously struggle. I actually don't mind Tyler Huntley in this spot, and for that reason, I like the Ravens um, for you to hedge the Ravens in, in this area. I'm glad you say that because obviously the Steelers have been playing a little bit better. I think they've won two in a row. They've won two in six days, right? They won Monday night against the Saints, and then they came back and won a big one this week against the um, Atlanta Falcons, so they've been beating up on that uh, NFC South division, playing those two opponents. Um, however... I'm just not sold on, like, Pittsburgh Steelers actually have turned the page and being good. And I'm also similarly not sold on the Ravens being catastrophically bad. Yes, the offense hasn't been able to move the ball, but they're still 8-4. and four. They're still 4-1 and one in their last five. They're still winning games on a weekly, regular basis. Uh, with this game also having a point total at 36.5, goes back to something we mentioned earlier in this episode, when you have a low point total, every point becomes more valuable in that game. So when you're getting plus four on one side and can try and middle it with a plus three on another side, that seven points of, of middling matters a lot more in a game with 36 projected points than a game like 51 or 52 if we were going to try and middle this Lions-Vikings uh, game, which would be a lot more difficult because there's going to be a lot more points scored. So... I think I am going to try and wait on getting Steelers plus three. I ultimately don't think it happens. Maybe I buy half a point on the line, but I'm looking strongly at this. Uh, rather, Ravens. Ravens plus three so that I can middle it. So Ravens plus three, I'm hoping to get. I'll probably take the two and a half or buy half a point come Sunday if the line doesn't move. But if that line moves to Ravens plus three, I'm jumping on it. Um, I agree. I also have a quick question for you. Like, yeah. where do you stand with San Fran? That's that's one of the games I wanted. The last to talk game about. I wanted to talk about too. So, I, like, I feel more comfortable personally taking San Fran minus two and a half as opposed to three and a half. Yep. As an alternate spread, um, obviously it'll make the the odds worse. But Tampa just Tampa's just not doing it for me this year. And the 49ers defense is legit, and Brock Purdy did not look horrible. And Kyle Shanahan has a way with running an offense. Like, I have faith that the 49ers are just a better team than Tampa mm -hmm. overall. And so, therefore, I like the 49ers minus two and a half. And I, there's a world where I would take a minus three and a half. But I just don't know how much offense they're going to put up because Tampa has a good defense as well. And the over-under is 37 and a half, I believe. So, so this, line, like, this line really opened at uh, San Francisco 49ers minus six and a half. Even when Brock Purdy was the starter, even when Jimmy G was ruled out, it was still six and a half as of Sunday night when the Jimmy G news broke that it was going to be season ending and we knew Purdy would be starting next week. It has moved sharply to Buccaneers 
plus three and a half. So three points of movement towards the Buccaneers and away from the 49ers, showing that there would be, you know, big, big Tampa money coming into the market. But if you actually look at the splits, the splits are showing 52% of the bets on San Fran and 63% of the money on San Francisco. So that is a big plus 11 difference. There's 11% more money than there are bets on San Francisco, even though the line is moving towards Tampa. So how do we break this down and how do we make this make sense for us? This is the book taking a position against the public. This is them saying, you guys want to take Tom? He's back home in San Francisco. That's where he's originally from. You know, there's low point totals in this game. So the plus 3.5 is going to be valuable. And, you know, you get the hook too. You're paying minus 118 juice for it. I'm with Willie. Give me this vaulted great defense. Give me Purdy, who's a pretty good game manager. Give me the weapons of CMC, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, and that crew. Give me this amazing, amazing, amazing defense and coaching staff. And the only person I'm seemingly fading is Tom Brady himself, which who hasn't been that great this year. So, Willie, I agree with you. I think 49ers are the right side for this game. I think if it stays at three and a half, take the money, play the money line, right? And if it and if it does go to three or two and a half, that's when you play the spread. Yeah, I like that. That's what that's I think what I'll I be doing. Is playing the money line if it if it if it stays at this three and a half. But if it goes to three, if it goes to two and a half, crosses that key number. If there's still more action on this Tampa side, if there's still more movement on this Tampa side, that's when you jump in and say, all right, now willing to play the 49ers with the spread. But until then, it's a money line bet for me. Sound good? We also know that the 49ers probably playing with the same sense of urgency. Like, Tampa's now, what, a game and a half, two games up on their division? Tampa's pretty locked into a playoff spot. Uh, 49ers are still battling it out with the Seahawks, so... Uh, 49ers are going to be playing with the same or more level of urgency as their counterparts, even though everyone's like Tampa needs to ramp it up. Tampa doesn't really need to ramp it up. They're in a pretty good position right now uh, in their division. Yeah, I don't think the 49ers have lost their locker room at all. If anything, I think they're just more intense and just more locked in because they, they really got to own it, hone in to, to make the playoffs here. You think they should have signed Baker? No, I think Baker's the worst quarterback to ever play football. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I'm joking, but I really hate Baker. Um, so, no, I'm not a fan of it. And Brock Purdy played well, so I think it's worth giving him a shot. All right, we're going with the man who is dead last pick in the draft over the guy who was picked dead first in the draft. I like it. <laughs> what have you done for me lately? You've won a game. The other guy got cut. I'm sticking with the guy that won a game. All right, well, let's transition over to DFS. Um, we are going to be doing a full slate breakdown for today. Again, we are not doing um, a value option and a spent up option. I will be doing a core four quick episode on Saturday, so make sure you tune in for that. I will be doing the live YouTube show with JP on Sunday. But let's start this off like we always do, quarterback position Um Josh Allen is the highest spend up. He's going against the Jets. Me and Willie talked about how that game is sharp towards the under um, with a low total, and we both like the Jets side with some inherent value, so I probably will not be playing Josh Allen. Uh, 
Jalen Hurts also divisional game on the road. Generally, divisional games are less scoring. Don't know if I love Jalen Hurts this week. Patrick Mahomes going against a great Denver defense, which brings you down to their level of play. Don't love Denver uh, Mahomes this week. Lamar Jackson going against Pittsburgh. Lamar Jackson's out this week, so he's certainly not an option, which brings us to the most realistic first spend up, in my opinion, is Joe Burrow at home. Cincinnati going against Cleveland. This Cleveland defense had a really good week last week against the Texans, but they're not good. Like, Cleveland defense is nothing to be scared of. So uh, I think Burrow's definitely an option. Um, Dak against Houston, not the best option. The uh, quarterbacks against Houston just don't really have to do much. And then if I'm looking at some budget quarterbacks, I'm looking at Kirk Cousins or Jared Goff. I'm looking to play into this Minnesota-Detroit game. Uh, I probably lean Goff because he's the home quarterback. He's been really good in the Dome. Uh, we know that those, those games have like 60-plus points at home, Willie. So I like Goff this week. How are you looking at the quarterbacks? What do you think about um, Goff versus Cousins versus Lawrence? Where are you on those guys? Yeah, I think you pretty much said everything perfectly. Um, I'm going to go with Goff over Cousins, and I'm going to also agree with you that Goff and Cousins are the low-budget plays. Um, I'm going to go with Goff because he's the more consistent fantasy player um, compared to Cousins. And for that reason, I, I'm going to stick with Goff. Um, and I, I think you hit home on, on everything else. I do like Joe Burrow. I don't think Cleveland's defense is great. And I think with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon back, the, the full team's healthy. Uh, Joe Burrow's just playing awesome. So I think you ride that wave um, if you want to spend up. And um, I think for another potential low-budget play, like I think Huntley – could be a potential spot there. I mean, he rush, he's he's a dual threat quarterback. He rushes and throws. Um, so I, I think there's a world where you can you could grab him there as well. But other than that, I think you hit home. I would check to see if, if TJ Watt is playing and if Minka Fitzpatrick is playing for Pittsburgh. I think the Pittsburgh defense is like underrated. Like 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 they they've been performing worse than they currently are. The Pittsburgh defense is actually pretty good now that they're starting to get healthy again. So I see a lot so, of people on, on Huntley, but I'm highly skeptical of that. Are they, but are they better than Denver's defense? Because he had, he had 15 points last week against Denver. and like, Well, when you, when you come in in relief of somebody, like they don't know what to expect. They're preparing for a different Lamar game plan. Now that you have a week yeah. of – it's kind of like how Brock Purdy came in and did great, right? And then how this week we're saying, okay, now Tampa's yeah. got a whole week to prepare for you. You know, are you still going to be that reliable? Are you going to hang in the pocket and take these big shots? Are you going to try and make these big plays with your feet because you think you're you're a one week starter? And now you know you're the every week starter. Yeah, I would um, take golf over Huntley, so I'm not I'm not really trying to compare those two. Vikings yeah, it's just it's just an hundred dollar difference too. So if it was yeah. like a thousand dollar difference, I think Huntley's definitely an option. But at just a hundred dollars, golf is horribly horribly underpriced. Yeah. Going through the running back position, Willie, Christian McCaffrey at the top, he's a no for me uh, going against Tampa Bay, low-scoring game, backup quarterback, just don't like the situation. Saquon, don't like the situation going against um, Jordan Davis and Dominican Sue on that Philadelphia defensive line. Derrick Henry certainly can be played. I'm surprised Derrick Henry's under $8,000. Uh, going against Jacksonville at home, I would expect Derrick Henry to get a lot of work and to be really good. Chubb, I think yeah. you can play, but again, the the 
in DraftKings full PPR, you try and like to get guys who could cast, catch some passes. So Tony Pollard has made his way into kind of the spend-up category. It's matchup-based with him going against Houston this week. He's also been getting a lot of the snaps, a lot of the work. 6700 you spending up for Tony Pollard? How do you think TP does this week? Yeah, I'm definitely spending up for him. I think that th there's enough uh, food on the plate for both Zeke and Tony to eat. Um, I think they both thrive this week. Houston, I don't, I don't think I don't think the Cowboys are going to throw that much. I think they're going to run all game, and I think both of these running backs can easily score a touchdown. I think one of them can even have two touchdowns on the ground. So I'm definitely on on Zeke, and I'm definitely on on Tony. Tell me about two other teammates, DeAndre Swift versus Jamal Williams. Both are priced exactly at five, or Jamal's 5,900, Swift 5,800. This game is one to target because it's got the highest point total on the board. Have you made the switch to Swift, and is he really underpriced, being $100 less than Jamal? Yeah, I mean, I take Swift over Jamal at this point. He um, played more snaps and outcarried uh, Jamal last week. He also is a good PPR running back and he's super efficient. So, and in a high scoring game with the Vikings, I think that they'll, they'll check down to Swift often. Um, I do think there's a world where Jamal Williams butchers um, a touchdown, but <laughs> just vulture. like in, in, sorry, a vultures, a, a, yeah, exactly. Um, but just like in the um, Cowboys Houston game, I think that there's gonna be enough food on the plate for both Jamal and Swift to eat, but I do think Swift will outperform uh, Jamal simply from a PPR perspective because he catches a lot of balls and it's going to be a high-scoring game. So I'm on Swift, and he's healthy. He's been practicing in full. Um, I feel good about him. Like Again, like I would like to see him put back-to-back -back weeks together, but he's so efficient and he's so good when he has the ball that if you're going to give him more chances, if you're going to uptick that times two from what he's normally doing, like let's go. I, I like Swift. I think Swift is a must play for me. The other, I think Tony Pollard is a very good option. Joe Mixon is given out by a lot of the optimizers. The other running back tandem combo that I'm absolutely avoiding is the Fournette Rashad White. I think we could sit back and let that develop this week. Deontay Foreman, uh, Latavius Murray, Zonovan Knight are just three names that I want to throw out there as guys who are getting tons of work and are low budget. I'll, I'll throw McKinnon in there as well. So those are just four names that I want to throw out there who are getting elite level work but are priced low. So you could potentially look to those guys for value option plays. Um, moving on to the wide receiver room, Justin Jefferson. I mean, he's got to be a target this week in that Minnesota-Detroit game in a dome. It's going to be nearly impossible not to play Justin Jefferson this week. Um, that's probably my lock-it-in spend-up. I'll make him the freaking picture on the podcast episode when we post it this week. Um, Diggs, I'm not going for. A.J. Brown, I'm not going for. Same reason, two divisional games, tough matchups, don't love it. Um, Jamar Chase not going to go for off an injury. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Willie, I don't think there's anyone that me and you have played more this season than the Sun God himself. I will be looking <laughs> right back there as well. That's a reverse stack from the Justin Jefferson combo. C.D. Lamb, I think, is a good option. He's going against Houston. We'll see how much work is actually needed to be done. CD's being given out by some of the optimizers this week. He's a solid PPR guy. Chance to get in the end zone. Really good option. Um... That's really how I'm viewing the top. Willie, any thoughts on the top guys? Do you want to give out some value options that you're eyeing? 
Yeah, let me give out some value options on mine. The first one I want to talk about is Garrett Wilson. One because yes, the- that's a great one. Like it just makes no sense to me, right? I mean, Mike White started two games. He's had twenty-three targets. He's had two touchdowns in in those games combined, and he's he's had twenty-six points and twenty-four points. I mean, Garrett Wilson's got swag. I mean, you could say what you want to say about the Jets, but you watch him and you're like, let's fucking go. This guy's a dog. Um, so I'm not really sure why he's not priced higher um, and and more so competing with like the top guys. It doesn't really make sense to me. So I like him in that spot. I also like um, Christian Kirk. I think over the last six weeks, he six weeks he's seen average of nine targets, and the Titans have given up the most fantasy points to wide receivers this year. Yeah, he, he has um, over 100 yards in two of the last three weeks too. Yeah, and he also has exactly. So I I really like that. Um, and I also. This is crazy. It's crazy to ever recommend anybody on Denver. Um, just Jerry, I, I are you going to say Judy? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Judy just because Sutton's I most likely agree. not going to play. He's doubtful, and he's going to see a minimum of seven targets. Like that, like With Sutton out, he's going to see volume, and he actually, his numbers are pretty good on the year. Um, and so I, I like Jerry Judy in this spot as well. And then the last person I was going to say is Tyler Lockett, the man, the myth, the legend. I mean, who the I, – I did not Parker. think – did you think coming into the season, like, Tyler Lockett was going to be a, a fucking dog? Like, have, you seen, he, have you seen the videos of him uh, ducking before he gets tackled? Yeah, it's hilarious. Unbelievably smart, and I think it's going to be adopted by um, – numerous receivers throughout the league in the coming years like kind of as they age and realize they don't need to get every extra yard once they've already gotten 15 20 yards in the first down love what tyler lockett's doing this season he is an absolute dog as they say (laughs) Uh, touchdown in five straight games really he's he's been amazing he's had a touchdown each of the last five games i mean 15 points, 18 points, 13, 16, 28 in the PPR league. Uh, he's yeah. a beast. Uh, he's far underpriced if he's putting out that output right now. Yeah. So I, Just I think for Lockett, reference, Tyler Lockett is is averaging 16.6 fantasy points per game. And all of the names around him are 14s and 13s and 12s and 11s for your average fantasy points. So he's clearly been a step above and not still not getting the respect in the pricing. So I like that option as well. Yeah, and then Jerry Judy also, last thing, he is going up against the Chiefs, um, who've allowed the fourth most points to wide receivers. So, again, hard to take somebody on Denver, but I I like Jerry Judy's volume a lot as well. Okay, and then quickly, the optimizers right now. I'm seeing Adam Thielen as a budget guy again in this uh, Vikings game. Everyone's targeting. Thielen hasn't had a single game where he's had more than five receptions this season, so take that with a grain of salt. Um, uh, Isaiah McKenzie can pop off any week uh, against if you're thinking that the Jets shadow some of the other main Bills guys maybe McKenzie breaks free Nico Collins if um, Brandon Cooks is out again this week if they're playing against Dallas and needing to throw a ton uh, and I think you could always go back to Zay Jones he was horrible last week but I think you could go back to Zay Jones and then if Traylon Burks is out for the Titans let's see who the Titans are going to be starting is it going to be a Westbrook Akine is it going to be a Robert Woods type of situation dart throw on a Westbrook Akine isn't the worst idea because he is an absolute deep threat bomb kind of guy and he'll get 
his five to six targets, and all of them will be high value, high value targets. There will be long balls. There will be end zone shots. There will be ones that if he catches it, he could go for like two for 120 and two touchdowns. Um, let's move over to tight end. Yeah, let's do it. Kelsey, ugh, I lean not worth being spent up for because he's playing against Denver, and that's a really tough matchup. Andrews, I lean not worth being spent up because he has a backup quarterback. Um, Hawkinson, yeah, you could you could you could pay up for Hawkinson, but you know he's hasn't gotten the same target volume that he got the first few weeks that he was in Minnesota. Uh, he's in this Detroit Minnesota Dome game where there should be unlimited scoring, so I like that. Um, Dalton Schultz is a name that I'm looking at. Greg Dolchich is definitely a name that I'm looking at. I actually like if playing the similar Judy angle. If Sutton is out. If they're playing against KC and needing to throw a lot, I actually really like Dolchich this week. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I actually didn't even see that, nor did I think about it. But it makes perfect sense with Sutton out. <laughs> Again, crazy. We're taking Denver players, backing Judy and, and uh, Willie, Dolchich. Nathaniel, but... Nathaniel Hackett said after last game, we're using Greg Dolchich in a wide receiver role. Yeah, because he's, he's legit. He's good. I mean, they yeah. just got to give him more opportunities. It's like... It's crazy, but I, I really like that as well. I like Dulcich in, in that spot. Who are you looking at? I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with Kelsey. He is playing Denver, but Denver gives up the 15, 15th most points to tight ends, and it's just like Kelsey's just a beast. But I, I'm, not, I'm not sure I would spend up for him. TJ's playing Detroit. I mean, redemption, right? Like, Oh, my God. I didn't even realize this was a revenge game. Yeah, that makes yeah. me like Hawkinson a lot more. That makes me think, take his anytime touchdown prop. <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot as well. Um, so who else do I like? I think Dalton's good. I, I think, again, like they're probably going to be running the ball all game, but I do think if they're going to throw a touchdown, it's probably going to be to Dalton Schultz because mm-hmm. he's just he's, – he's a touchdown dude. Um and then, yeah, for me, I think it, it just makes the most sense to take Dulcich um, in terms of what you were saying from a volume perspective with Sutton out and Nathaniel Hackett saying that they should use him more. So I'm with you for the most part. Willie, I just checked the optimizer for tight end, and it's actually giving out a lot of Austin Hooper, which I actually think makes a lot of sense because back to what I was just saying about Westbrook Akine, if Traylon Burks is out for this Titans team, then maybe Austin Hooper is more involved as a tight end, as a receiving weapon. Um, so Austin Hooper, 2,900 2, right now um, is yeah. actually being played by a lot of optimizers. So I like him. I like Dolchich. Let's see if Traylon Burks. Let's see if Sutton is active late in the week. I will make sure I give out my tight end on the core four episode this week. Willie, let's slide over and wrap this conversation up with defense. Who are the defenses that you're looking at? Are Cowboys worth the spend-up going against the Texans after the Browns just had three touchdowns last week? Or should we be looking elsewhere and not chasing that steam? No, I'm actually – I'm not even going to second-guess it. Yes, they are worth the spend-up. The Cowboys have been winning me fantasy matchups all year. Um, And the Browns dismantled Houston last week. It was embarrassing. And for that reason, I actually think if you are playing the Cowboys defense, they could win you a league. With that being said, if you, do you think everybody's going to be taking the Cowboys? No, you people, think everyone's- not everyone will spend up on a defense. I do think if uh, if you're playing a golf situation, you might have money. If you're not spending up for a quarterback, you might have some leftover money for 
defense. And if that's the case, then I love the idea of playing Dallas defense. The optimizers are giving out Tampa Bay and the Steelers. There's a lot of Steelers defense. So against that Tyler Huntley situation, if you're playing Huntley, you're certainly not playing Steelers defense. Uh, that's a situation where if you're paying, playing Huntley, you also have the money to pay up for Dallas defense. Um, so people are giving out Steelers, Tampa Bay, but I got my eyes on Dallas if I could afford it. Yeah, I do too. I, I also, I, it's it's a hundred less, and I like the Cowboys more. But I think the Eagles should should be good against the Giants as well. I, I don't Especially think the Giants are good. how healthy they're getting. Yeah, I, I think there's a world where the Eagles pop off as well. Um, but the Cowboys and Eagles for sure. I'm gonna stay away from the Steelers. Maybe I'll regret this decision, but I think Huntley is under undervalued and underlooked um so i'm, I'm gonna stay strong with that but yeah I, i'm i'm with you i think cowboys uh, is the move if you can afford it all right i think that was a great short and sweet version of what we normally do on thursdays will um we will be back next week for another best bets and full slate breakdown make sure you are following me on twitter Make sure you are backing this uh, Willie Huntley's picks right now, they call him. No, uh, I don't do that. I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> he, actually, he actually thinks he's playing golf more likely than Huntley. I'm just going to give him crap for, for backing Huntley so, so heavily throughout the pod. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you uh, rate, review, and subscribe to the pod. Follow me on Twitter. Come back next week. And as always, peace out. Peace out.